changes. Turn and face the change. That's a good song. <laughs> I don't know who sings that song. This is a good one. That is David Bowie. You, Jess? Yeah. Dave, that's David Bowie? Yeah. Uh, well, I think he was pretty good. This controversial opinion, but I think <laughs> I think David Bowie was pretty good. Pretty good, yes. <laughs> um, can you speak into the mic a little bit more? Hello. Yeah, it's better. Uh, we have a special guest on the podcast today, Daryl. The one and only Jessica Gray. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, muted golf clap <laughs> for Jess. Uh, I'm good. How are you? Can't complain. Coming off a two-week vacation. First one in like four years. It's been pretty sweet. Did you go anywhere? We went to Vermont. Oh. Yeah. Last episode was oh. recorded in uh Newfane, Vermont. Yeah, Airbnb cabin. <laughs> Newfane, Vermont. Did you go to like Stowe or No, we went to no? Mount Snow. You ski. Yeah. Mount Snow. Yeah. It's like Mount 15 Snow. minutes from where we were, 20 minutes maybe. A beautiful, very appropriately named mountain. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Small, uh, but welcome great. Welcome to the podcast. This is No One Likes the Tuna podcast, if you didn't know, Jess. Uh, just, just to lay it out for you a little bit, we watch a Fast and Furious movie every week. Every week. Every week. And we uh, talk about it. And this cycle, we're going through our top five performances in each movie and um, I'm really ready to be done with this cycle, bro. Yeah? Yeah. Like I, uh, an extreme so done. Way. I'm almost yeah. like, I'm not entirely sure what happens after top five. I thought we, I think it was a nice thing to tie together our episodes this season. Uh, but I'm mm-hmm. still looking forward to what's coming next. I'm, I'm, I'm open to the experience of what's coming next, for sure. Uh, Jess, did you watch this movie? Yes. You did? Mm-hmm. What did you think of this movie? You'd seen it before. I believe I've seen it maybe with you before. I think so. Um, I think I've mm-hmm. seen this movie not 18 times, but probably like mm-hmm. three or four. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Very entertaining. Um, I think I'm at the phase, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but I feel like probably there are stages of grief in your experience through 18 cycles or maybe not grief, but like stages of whatever. I'm at the stage where all of the catchphrases and the things like, uh, when the rock says, uh, I am the cavalry woman, those kinds of phrases. Yeah. I'm now like circling back and finding hilarious and extremely enjoyable. I'll probably the yeah. next time I watch it completely loathe every single moment, but I'm at, I'm at the kind of like, Oh, this is this is kitsch and catchy and, you know, it's a, it's a ba-dum-psh every time. Yeah, I watch, we watched five last week because we're doing them in random order this cycle for the listeners. And uh, I had a similar experience with The Rock last week where I was like, I've often thought his performance in five is like not great and it's sort of chauvinistic and loud and... But last week I was just like, I'm into this. <laughs> I'm into it, man. You're doing it. So, uh, you know, all, as always with this podcast, like as we cycle through the movies, I also cycle through my feelings about the movies and feel different ways about different performances and aspects to these movies through each cycle. So we'll come around. It's like a joke that gets told over and over and over and over and over again. And it's like funny, and then it's really not funny, and then it's really, really not funny. And then it's kind of funny again <laughs> around the eighth or ninth time, you know? I'm, I'm totally on that boat right now. And I, mm-hmm. I had a wonderful watch through this morning, and I wanted to make a few remarks about the passage of time here. Because Please. today, of all days that we're recording this podcast, is... My birthday. My 32nd birthday, Nick Nocera. 
Nick Nocera has both hands above his head, ladies and gentlemen. And this birth- More importantly. <laughs> and this birthday no. and this day is very special to me, and I've thought about it all day today because mm-hmm. um, this year of all years was... It not only marks the end of the season for us, which is a wonderful thing, but mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, we've got a Chinese New Year, which has been very nice. You know, we ate some long noodles. We didn't cut our hair. We ate some oranges. We cleaned afterwards. We cleaned after, which is good, preparing for the good spirits and everything. But oh, that's good. Yeah. But, I mean, we got a lot going on this month. It was our dog, Roxy's, also one-year birthday. But today, uh, a couple days, days ago. ago, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But when I think about Roxy, I think about coronavirus dog, and mm. the sort of like the change in life that it presented to us when we got that doggy. It was very nice. But <laughs> this month also marks the passing of good old dog Miso. It does. Mm. It's been a year since that, and oh, man, that's crazy. I know, right? Yeah. Um, this year's felt like everything and nothing at the same time, you know? We all aged five years and got really young perspective, as in C's life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Youthful was probably the better word. Misa was such a good dog. Mm -hmm. She was. She was the best. Roxy's growing into it, though. She's getting a little bit of that spice, a little bit of strength, a little bit of confidence that you need from a good dog. And she's coming around, and we're having a good time. It's crazy how all dogs have this innate ability to become, like, the best dog of all time. Right? You know? How does that happen? It's crazy. They grow into it, but they do get there. All of them. (laughs) You know? So, I'm happy for you guys. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank Uh, you. Daryl, happy Chinese New Year. I have heard Lunar New Year in recent days. I think that's what... terminology interchangeable? It's more inclusive. Yeah, I think people use lunar now, but I'm a classic CNY over here. Yeah, bro. <laughs> uh, here in Auckland, it is a big thing because there's a lot of um, Chinese expatriates and uh, Chinese communities here. And it uh, is Lunar New Year is not a term used in any of the advertising or celebration stuff that i have seen i just saw it on twitter mostly Mm -hmm. to be honest with you yeah nice so yeah um but yeah before we get into this i just want to say um it's been a great year and it's been a great cycle number 18 over here and when i look back obviously this is a big moment or anniversary for the podcast because um way back in 2014 it was on my birthday that you pitched to me this wonderful idea of the Fast and the Furious podcast, and little did I know, and I assume little did you know, we would get this far, 18 seasons through. Here we are. Here we are. So when I look back at all these years of doing the podcast, I know we had a little break, but in my mind, it has been continuous, and I look back with all positive memories of, of lugging this podcasting rig around, of gathering friends and family around to join in the watching and talking about of the Fast and the Furious podcast. And I just wanted to show appreciation for the podcast because I've been able to rely on it. And thank you, Nick, for driving this forward. I can't believe, I can't believe we're still doing this year after year. How many years? Uh, Six? Six years. Wowie. Yeah, it's a long ass time. But it's fun, and it continues to still be something that I look forward to on a weekly basis. And it surprises me week in and week out that I'm able to talk about this on a regular basis. But it's fun, and I have a good time on this. it's still an incredibly fun time that I have with you every week. You know, like, I think back, I've had some depressing, awful cycles, watch-throughs, times recording this podcast, just like not even related to the podcast sometimes, but sometimes just dealing with life shit. 
But, you know, and then I, like, sit down for an hour, like, last week and, like, have one of the most fun hours of my entire week was just, like, hanging out with you and our guest B and just, like, laughing for an hour. And it was great. Mm -hmm. We really have a fun time. I know that, like, some shit isn't always on point for us and, like, but we try to do the best we can for our listeners. And But mostly this podcast is for, like, me and you. And anybody else who wants to jump on, like our wonderful guest, Jess Gray, this week, like, <laughs> to just have fun for an hour, mm -hmm. you know? And I really appreciate that existing in my life. I agree. And it's one of those things, like, we were watching the movie this morning, first thing in the morning today, and I was surprised we were having a good time. You said you enjoyed this movie. I was, I surprised myself. It was very good. Yeah. It was I very got a little secret for you, Jess. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry? That's why. It's a good movie. That's <laughs> why you enjoy it. <laughs> it is. I didn't cry this time. Yeah. That was my biggest shocker. It was the first time That's I seen this movie good. that I didn't cry at the end. Yeah. yeah. No spoilers I did a here. Little bit. <laughs> yeah. I felt it. It's I okay. felt it. I felt it for sure, but I was like, this came together. Yeah, it's sad. that. The song and the driving at the end, it, like, it hits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very effective. <laughs> Jess, did you put together a top five list? I don't know what that means. Sorry. You can share my top five list. Okay. You, can weigh, yeah. you can weigh in top on five my what? top five picks. Top five picks. We have what? top five picks for who we think are the top five performances in this movie. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Hmm. Clearly, Jess Gray, Daryl's girlfriend is an avid listener of this podcast <laughs> and totally knows what we've been doing for the past nine weeks. I overhear it, but I don't ask too many questions. So if it's okay, I would love to start here because my number five mm -hmm. of the week, well, I put mm -hmm. on here because Jess said audibly, hey, I actually really like Ludacris. I wish I could see more of him on this movie. So okay. Tej, Luda, Ludacris Bridges made my top five spot this week, but I would love for Jess to talk about why she enjoyed seeing him on screen today. Me too. He's just entertaining. He's talented. Mm -hmm. He's a good actor. Mm -hmm. He's hilarious. I don't know. I also really like his music. What happened to his music? Well, how come he's not making more music? Do you have a favorite Ludacris song? No. I don't know the names of songs that well to be able to do that. Yeah. There's only I got Hose <laughs> in two, right? Yeah, yeah. Hose in different yeah. area codes. You got area codes, and you got Move Bitch. Get yeah, out the move way. Move Bitch is a big one. Move Bitch is a big one. Yeah. No. Those are More the ludicrous. Two that I know, probably. He is good in this movie, and I'm glad that this movie sort of figured out a nice slot for him of being the tech guy. You yeah. Know? I think they struggled... Once Roman came back, and once like the team was put together back in five, and I still think he struggled in six to sort of figure out where to slot Ludacris and like how to make him the most useful. And in this one, they sort of figured out like he's like a hacker dude and a tech guy, and sort of can talk to Ramsey on a level that the rest of the team can't really talk with. And I think he does a really good job with that. I think jargon is a difficult thing to handle as an actor also. We talk about a lot about like what actors have to handle in these movies. And I think jargon's a tough one, you know, like tech jargon or hacker babble and stuff. You just got to sell it and like commit to it and just dive into it, but there's still that like aching thing in your back of your mind like don't fuck up this like really kind of convoluted dialogue. I mean, it's got to be tough. That's all I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. I think Luda kind of pulls it off. Yeah. You pull it off enough for a number five, top five slot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, somebody else, I feel, also pulled off a role in this movie to hit in my top five slot. Who that? Daryl's going to fucking hate this. <laughs> Kurt Russell. Oh, my God. As Mr. Nobody. <laughs> I almost put him on my list. I was like, nah. No. Yeah. no. I knew you weren't going no. to. I knew it wasn't going to hit for you. 
there was something this week that was like, just like you were talking about Ludacris, I was like, Kurt Russell's a good actor. He's asked to do something really not likable in this movie, which is like, come into the movie, fuck with the team dynamic, become like essentially like a leader or commander of a team we're already familiar with in love. And we're like, who the fuck is this guy? And kind of pull off an authority and likability that um, is kind of hard to capture. And I think he does a perfectly good job doing all those things, you know? Um, and I think so much so that it is still my theory that Mr. Nobody was written to be a bad guy hmm. and was starting to be filmed to be like there was a turn where he was a bad guy. And when Paul died and they did all those rewrites, I'm almost positive. They were like, well, w since we don't have Paul, we'll need somebody else going forward. Let's make Mr. Nobody into an actually good guy. And then we can carry him through to the next picture hmm. and have him as sort of part of the team and blah, 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 blah. So. Do you think if Mr. Nobody was one of the main bad guys that uh, Bad Day Mose was unnecessary? Or do you think ultimately, or do you think they originally planned to have three bad guys? Bad Day Mose, Mr. Nobody, and Shaw? That's too many do. bad guys. I agree, and I think it was smart of them to reverse course. Mm -hmm. I think like Mr. Nobody is a fine addition to the good guy's side of the table. Uh, uh, I just think that was probably the original plan, was he was actually like the one funding, you know, uh, Jakande or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Jaimon Hansu's character. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. This is all speculation. But what else is, what are we going to do for an hour? Mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, Kurt Russell, top five. Highly top recommend five whatever the title of the second Christmas movie is. Oh, Christmas Chronicles 2? That one. Great movie. Oh. Kurt <laughs> did it for you, that one, huh? Yeah. I think he's, like, good at being a... Bad Santa Claus? Santa Claus, like a goodish bad he plays Santa, Santa Claus. Claus in those movies. Mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he's got the rosy cheeks enough for that. That's not the. It's not role. like a rosy cheeks kind of Santa Claus, but it's also not like a. Oh God, what's the other guy's name? Um, Tim Allen, Billy Bob. No, Thornton, yes, bad Billy Santa. Bob. Yeah, mm. not that vibe, yeah. but like kind of in yeah. between the two, which I was like, I don't know, kind of into. As far I don't really no, like. Christmas I'm movies, into Christmas movies. Yeah, I'm not either. This was this was a, this was that this is what yeah. made me like appreciate Kurt Russell. I think in this movie because I was like, oh, I've seen him do this kind of shtick before, and he's doing it okay. again. And I was like, oh, That's I kind thing. of get your thing. Yeah, you're like kind of like a good. You're bad at being a good guy, but you're a good guy. Shout out to fucking Christmas <laughs> Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just like I grew up I watched Escape from New York when I was a child that movie absolutely fucking rules and Kurt Russell rules in it and that's all I really have to say about it so I definitely have like a nostalgic affection for Kurt Russell uh, but yeah I think he does a fine job in this movie number four for me for Nick this is Natalie Emanuel as Ramsey. I got, we got matching fours this week, Nick. I also yeah. put Ramsey at four. Do you want to speak to her first? I think it's difficult to join mm -hmm. a team such as the one we have in this movie. And for her to be uh, so quickly uh, adopted into the Fast family, I think yeah. is a testament to sort of her ability to absorb the character and then sort of like make her place so yeah 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 i agree i mean i think i think she's really entertaining and dynamic and kind of stands out in the movie you know um and it's a definitely a thing, like, it's not the greatest written role in the world. Like, if a different actor had come into this, it wouldn't necessarily have worked. 
uh, it like works with what she's bringing to the table. And I, I think she's a big part of the reason why this movie works too is because like it's so much about like bullshit fucking hacking and God's eye and blah 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 and blah blah blah. You know, and it's really like her and Luda, like you talked about, ping ponging the plot along. And, like, making these things sort of happen and getting through the techno babble and exposition enough for us to, like, enjoy the rest of the movie and sort of let it go. Uh, and that's a tough ask. And I think she does a very good job. And I also, like, believe she's a hacker. I don't, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm not, like, sitting there, or I'm at least not sitting there being like, this lady's not a hacker, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, she, she comes off as sort of genuine in a way that I think works pretty well, too. So, if, yeah, Natalie yeah. Emanuel. And when I think about her introduction, right, We get, the first thing we see from her is that she's sitting in a server cage with a bag over her head, and mm -hmm. she has to very quickly sort of, like, assess Brian and establish whether or not she's going to die or be alive. And from there, she gets in a car with Dom. He bumps her over the hood. She sits in there. They continue to drive off a cliff. And I think the rapid sort of introduction of Ramsey, um, I don't know, for some reason turned out and it worked in a good way. Yeah, and especially that scene at the lakeside where she's like Alpha, <laughs> Mrs. Alpha, you know, the Joker. Uh, and she's like got the goods on the whole team. Yeah. You know, I think that works pretty well with her introduction. Daryl Wong, who is your number three? My number three this week is Leticia Ortiz, played by mm. Michelle Rodriguez. Interesting. I think, um, I mean, I think her. I think her I remember scene at the end of the movie is major. Pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Considering she has when to they're carry. trying to revive him. Yeah, she's trying to revive him, and she goes, "I remember everything," and it's a it's a it's a role, and it's a uh, sort of plot piece that she's been struggling through for the past two movies here, which is that. She somehow has to interpret this script, which has now killed her, revived her, given her amnesia, and then she finally gets her own relief from it. It's and a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. She's got a lot to deal with. And I think it's a good sell, honestly. And like I think it I think it leaves the right tone at the end of the movie. And it's worth it to me. Yeah. Fair enough, Jess. <laughs> Thoughts? What did you think about Letty Ortiz in this movie? I think she's really good. Um, I was just thinking, I think that my... I think my number three would have to be the cross medallion. Oh, inanimate object. The inanimate object of the medallion that Dom wears and trades many hands and has many different hey. meanings that I can rarely follow. That's fair. Hell yeah. We had an unborn baby on the list <laughs> last week, so that's good. I like I was just thinking like what like every time that somebody's like let me give you this thing and they're like, "Oh," And they say nothing about it and they say nothing about what it mm -hmm. means to me like it'll come back and it's like, "Okay, but like in that moment it's a different meaning every single time that it changes hands. And I'm like, I don't know. Do, am I like, missing the metaphor? Like, am I not following? No, it's kind of like just this token that travels through their journey. You know, it's sort of a sisterhood of the traveling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Excellent performance. Yeah. Yeah. The pants was the star <laughs> of, that, of that movie. So I don't see why this can't be the star, too. Right. Um. Yeah, Letty's very, very good. Yeah, um, I like her fight scene made, a lot. I like her fight scene too. I like her fight scene too, and I like that they let her have a fight scene, and she does a great job with it. Uh, especially like dealing with fucking asshole like Ronda Rousey, and uh, yeah, I think it's good. Uh, we may talk a little bit about Michelle Rodriguez a little more <laughs> a little later. But my number three. Is Mike Wassel, Kevin McLean, 
and Cody Walker as Brian O'Connor. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Mike Wassel and Kevin McElwain, Mike McElwain uh, are the two co-VFX supervisors on this film. And Cody Walker, as we know, did a lot of the stand-in and voice work for Paul Walker after he passed. I think they all do an excellent job bringing Paul Walker back to life. I did read this article on like artofvfx.com about how they approached it and how they thought about it of like not just mimicry but actually giving a performance uh, trying to like give a performance through a basically completely computer generated person and not just a, perf- a performance, not just a Paul Walker performance, but a Paul Walker performance as Brian O'Connor, you know, and, uh, and how having the first six movies or whatever, or five of the first six movies helped as like they had a ton of reference to work off of, but you're still working with new material and new dialogue and like how would Paul have interpreted this, you know, piece and this scene and like there's like that big umbrella shit but then also like that big umbrella shit needs to trickle down to the intricate detailed movement of his lips or his nose or like his ear you know and like on his face when the camera is close up on it and I just think like they had a Herculean task to deal with I think considering the circumstances, the timeline, and the available technology, they kind of fucking nailed it uh, and did a great job. To the point where, Daryl, you and I have seen this movie 18 times, but I remember the first couple times we saw it, like, I'm now convinced Paul Walker is about 90% computer-generated, but I would say, like, that percentage was way less the first couple times you know i was really convinced and i am a person who is not easily convinced with the 3d face bullshit Mm -hmm. i'm really against it but it works in this movie and they did a good job i strongly agree i think after many many watches it's become less and less apparent to me which scenes are cgi and which ones are real or Mm -hmm. yeah or vice versa because I can't tell anymore. And I think it's, yeah, I, yeah. Paul Walker and CGI Paul Walker, I think are, yeah, they tied this, they tied this movie together and the overall performance of both real and computer generated Paul Walker have that lasting effect here where it's watchable and rewatchable. And some, sometimes you watch something and yeah. just like the CGI is so bad. I'm thinking Matrix 2 level CGI. We're just like, this is basically unwatchable. But this somehow has blended together in a way that works long term. Yeah, I think it does. And like I was just sort of thinking about it before we started recording. If Paul Walker had been alive and been in this movie and given this exact performance, I still think he'd be on my top five list, basically. <laughs> you know? I still think he'd be there. Jess, did you were you affected by the computer generated faceness of Paul Walker? Um so I only recognize that at the very, very end. Like the very, very, very like when he gets in the car with Dom. And it makes me cry because I think that's like the most like notice for me. It's the most noticeable moment. Yeah. That, like he's no longer with us, kind of thing. Um, I yeah. I honestly don't notice it throughout. So it's actually surprising to me to hear that there was more of it through the film because I'll have to like keep an eye out for it next time. Um, I Daryl and I argue about it sometimes. I personally think it's mostly mm. computer generated. So the big the big scene is the right the phone call to Mia. I think something's yes, bad's gonna go down. Say goodbye to Jack. And mm-hmm. I always thought that that was real-life acting. But the more and more I, I watch it, I'm just like, that's probably not. not. And to be it's able really to convey, not. to be able to, yeah, like you were saying, like the actual uh, moment captured of, like, Paul Walker is dead, but he's performing as um, Brian O'Connor in this movie and then has to deliver mm-hmm. the dramatic performance of basically saying goodbye to 
media and the family and the franchise in that conversation mm-hmm. is yeah. an incredible feat of both. It's very graceful. It's very yeah, elegant. Acting and effects. And it's, it, I love that word. It's very elegant. It's very graceful. It pulls you further into the movie rather than take you out of it. And it's only really, if you're really looking for it, can you see the mechanics behind that in terms of the visual effects. Like, it, it is dimly lit, which helps. It is that he's sort of walking and spinning around, so there's times where his face sort of cuts out of frame as he's, com- as he's turning around, so they're doing sort of less work. They have to do... They're lightening their load a little bit in terms of getting his face in there all the time. And a lot of the time when he starts to speak, they see, we see a little bit of him speak and they cut away to Mia's reaction so that we're not seeing, they don't have to actually computer process like the speaking part of him all that much. Mm. I mean, they still had to do a lot of it, but like, you know, we get Mia's side of it a lot more. So you can see the sort of the mechanical VFX aspects to doing that scene, but I, it actually makes me like it more mm-hmm. in a weird way. It's extremely thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of this magic thing where, like, one thing that I fucking hate so much in movies, which is, like, computer-generated faces uh, and what they've done to the movie industry overall for the past five years um, this is the one instance in which it just like completely and totally works for me you know so I don't think that you see that many I mean I can't think of any off the top of my head but I know it happens where you have like you know actors who are on a project that pass away mid project and they have to kind of like fill it in somehow like I don't know that they mm-hmm. do as much I don't know that I've ever seen another film that goes out of its way to like honor the person in the yeah. actual movie. Yeah. Which, I, other than, like, you know, in memoriam of blah, 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 like, I think that it was actually, like, the fact that it was written into the story probably was, Yeah, like, I agree. You know. And I think, I mean, the one other instance that jumps out to me, sorry for spending so much time on this, but, like, is Carrie Fisher in that last Star Wars mm-hmm. movie, which, like, that last Star Wars movie is a fucking mess. Like, way fucking more of a mess than this movie is, mm-hmm. right? So that doesn't help. But, like, they clearly didn't have a lot of footage of her. They, they clearly wanted to sort of honor her memory, and they have, like, a moment where she, like, disappears under the cloth and whatever when she dies... But you watch, it's still for me, like, I watch her speak to other characters in that movie in the short scenes that she has, like, where she's just standing in a fucking forest or some shit. And her face is completely computer-generated, and her voice is computer-generated, and it I feel it in that. Even, even though, like, I know that they're doing their best to sort of honor who she was and what she brought to that franchise, like... I'm just like, this sucks and doesn't work. Yeah. And it feels fucking weird and gross to me, you know, in a way. And I don't know why that feels that way and Paul Walker's feels this way. I wonder if it's the family component. Yeah, maybe. Because that's Cody Walker's, like, body and mannerisms that they're kind of, like, painting over. Oh, I mean, like, the story of, like, the the familia, like, in the Ah, the thing. Because, like, you can relate to that. You can relate to that loss, you know, through, vicariously through that family, whereas, like, in the Star Wars thing, it's like, I don't know how much I relate to any of that story. It's just really freaking cool to watch because it's sci-fi and I'm into that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's less drama in Star Wars, maybe. That kind of brings me to my number two here. Who is your number three? Uh, my number three oh, was Letty. Letty. Yeah, okay, so your number two is? My number two is Vin Diesel. And mm. I think we offer criticism sometimes that he um, that he tries to be too tough and he tries he loses some of the lovable parts of his acting capabilities and his character later on in the season here, but... When it comes to family and when it comes to 
dealing with the fact that like you're acting with Paul Walker and a shadow of Paul Walker. I think that is something that affects Dom's performance or it affects Vin Vin Diesel's performance in that the sort of like the stone cold side that we kind of see from him, this sort of what seems like false, um, uh, yeah, toughness is actually acting from sadness. He's a, it's a somber, yeah, yeah, it's a somber experience for him because not only he has to continue to play Dominic Toretto, but he also has to deal with like the real life and in movie life. Um, yeah, like, presence or lack thereof yeah Paul Walker I mean I completely agree I think Vin is good in this movie I I I mean my problem with Vin is he to me strays too far away from the thing that I love about Vin in this franchise which is like his his like young freshness and innocence and like fun loving spirit in the earlier movies and is so cold and monotone and difficult and stoic. And I know that that's a choice that to bring to the character, especially after Paul died and that stoicism kind of works with his relationship with Letty of like, you can't make somebody love, tell somebody they love you kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I I mean, the one thing, like, looking back now that we're at the end of this cycle about Vin in this franchise is, like, Vin Diesel cares so much about these movies. And the people who made them. And the people who made them and the people who watched them. Yeah. And loved them. And he, he just cares. And I, like... If I had an award for like best overall performance in all of these, I mean, it would be Vin. You know, there's just no question. Um, he, yeah, he just cares so goddamn much, and I just really fucking appreciate his work to like help bring all this shit into our lives, into our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, there, I was on that same, uh, not that same article, but I was reading a different article where like. In, when this movie came out in 2015, he gave an interview to like Deadbeat, I think, um, where he was like, "This movie's gonna win Best Picture." Like before it came out, I he was remember like, this that. Gonna win Best Picture at the Oscars. Yeah. And people like laughed at him, and like the the article kind of like f- fucked off and like made a joke. Kind of, kind of agree with him. Should have won fucking best picture. <laughs> like this movie is so good and like does things that no other movie that year was like did and changed the franchise in a way that was like positive and learned to grow up and learned to move on and just it was just like fucking great. I don't even remember what best picture was in 2015. I think it was some like the artist or some, some fucking bullshit. But. Back. Whack. Yeah. This movie was fucking good. Yeah. Pass us the nomination and let's get a Grammy for Wiz Khalifa. Let's get an Oscar for Wiz Khalifa for best fucking song, which wasn't even nominated. Mm-hmm. Biggest snub of all time. Um, oh, Birdman was the best picture winner. That's that a good year, movie. Which is not <laughs> a good movie. I thought that was a great movie. Uh, not a good movie. <laughs> I mean, I like Michael Keaton. And Edward Norton gives a very good performance in that movie. But he's sort of playing a version of himself. Anyway, so, um, all right, this also brings me to number two, which is Michelle Rodriguez's mm-hmm. Letty Ortiz. She's really good. She really has a lot. I mean, we talked about it before. She really has a lot to deal with. And she has a lot to deal with, with like, I just think like her and being on set and like having the most emotional connection to Dom and the most emotional connection to Vin Diesel, who at this time of filming is going through something like incredibly tormenting and painful and difficult and like using everything in her acting tool set to like support him and support that performance and like bring her own emotion to the table uh, and life to the table in this movie. 
I, I mean, I just think like what she does is extraordinary, and she should have got a Best Supporting Actress nomination for mm-hmm. it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and she she gets to yeah. play the drama, but she also gets to play the fun parts of the movie. She hits the drag mm-hmm. race at race wars. She's driving in Azerbaijan. Where you been at, ghost girl? What you been? Where you been at, ghost girl? Ghost girl. <laughs> <laughs> Iggy Azalea did not make my list. No. I just want to tell you, That's she's not my number one. The song comes on, and I was like, oh, I forgot about this person, and I couldn't remember her name. It's Iggy Azalea. Yeah. With Gwen Stefani. Oh, didn't know they duetted. Duetted. I mean, I, it sounds du- like her. I, I yeah. did not fact check myself. Yeah. That was That's in the okay. movie we watched the, the previous night. Huh? You're talking about that Gwen Stefani song we were watching in uh, the Will Ferrell movie? Maybe. What Will Ferrell movie were you Were you watching Eurovision again? <laughs> no, but that's a really good movie. <laughs> we were watching Get Hard. <laughs> also really Get good. Get Hard is okay. Yeah. Get Hard was funny. Yeah. Kevin Get Hart's Hard funny. Kind of funny. I really funny. like yeah. Kevin Hart. I like him a lot. I like Will Ferrell <laughs> a lot. Yeah, him too. Yeah. I'm a Will Ferrell, even though like there are some Will Ferrell fucking bankers <laughs> out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like on the Will Ferrell. T- I'm Team Ferrell, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. How can you not be? I don't understand. Who doesn't like Will yeah, Ferrell? I, don't know. I guess my dad, but like. Different generation. Different generation. I feel like no. Nah, I feel like dads like Will Ferrell though. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, I feel okay. like if you asked, if you took a dad poll, I think Will Ferrell would get like sixty-five. 68% approval rating. <laughs> mm-hmm. By Dads of America. Do you think dads yeah. like um, like Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler? Where do they, where, what's the lineup there in terms of like the general dad vibe? I think, yeah, I, I think Will Ferrell's at the top of those two. Nice. Oh, interesting. That's the whole thing. Like I liked Will Ferrell because I was a teenager and he made sort of like poop joke movies, right. basically. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I like this, this is funny. And that's continued with me into adulthood. Yeah. Yeah, I think dads have taken that with them too, though. Dads like poop jokes. <laughs> you know? Makes sense. Especially now, like later stage, where Will Ferrell is now a dad dude. And older and like... I think dads just relate to the guy. Basically. Especially those daddy's home movies. Do you see those with Mark Wahlberg? No. Big hits. Yeah, we gotta watch yeah, some of those. Yeah, yeah watch, watch Daddy's Home One and Daddy's Home Two. <laughs> okay. Is that where they run like a daycare at home or something? Is that his? Mm, Daddy Daycare, I think. Oh, is, it's a different. Is that an Eddie Murphy movie? I think it might be. Mm, okay. Well, we'll check out these Daddy's wrong. Homes. I think that'd be <laughs> yeah, a, Daddy's a worthwhile the expenditure. Kind of, we I'm need to under, better good. understand the demographic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Okay, Numero number one, uno. I'm positive. I've never been more positive. We have the same number one actor in these movies. It's not possible. There's nobody else it could be. There's nobody else it could be that our favorite fucking character in all of the Fast and Furious franchise. Jess, would you do us the honors of reading out number one? Paul Walker as Brian. No. <laughs> That's the list that I got in front of me. Incorrect answer, Daryl. <laughs> the number one performer in this movie is Ali Fazel as Safar, yeah. bro. <laughs> he was really funny, actually. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, Safar. Yeah, Safar. Yeah, so I liked his attitude. I liked that, like, it's refreshing to see a guy who's, like, totally fucking loaded and can do whatever he wants just like take a cue and like back off when he needs to back off and take direction with mm-hmm. somebody else who's not trying to run the show you know am i thinking about the wrong person oh i don't know is Savar, is he an actor of acclaim other than this movie i've never i mean i don't know good question i don't know he's kind of goes oh get kicked out of my own garage yeah yeah do you know him from another movie i don't think so I just really appreciated was, his. That character. felt like a leading question. Do you, Daryl? No, I thought the I thought the 
But you were saying like, oh, he gets to step out of his other like stuff to build. Like, oh be no, in I this mean movie. fully the character. Oh. Like, because usually you have these like billionaire people who are like you know, falling out and they don't take direction from anybody. And he was just like very humble the whole time and just like let these people tell him what to do and run his shop and. He backed off and he like exited his own garage and I was like, oh, that's like a nice guy. He's very humble. It's refreshing. What do you the got, Nick? The thing I like about him too is that he is one character in this franchise who is like, you, you guys are fucking crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you know, like <laughs> if you actually step back and think about it for a second, you guys are fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you should cease doing the things that you are doing. Um, he's comedically good. He's, like, I, I just, I, I don't know. So far is the best. Yeah. He's the best. I had to put him number one, you know. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I can't think of a performance in this entire franchise. I enjoy... More, it's just like every line he has, which is maybe five lines. Right. It's fucking perfect. It's fucking perfect. Every yeah, every second of screen time that Safar occupies is is more than worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, two buildings. <laughs> Three buildings. Oh no. My bad. My bad. Like I would be friends right, with him. So I would. I want to be friends with that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's super he chill. Yeah. They should bring him back. Yeah. Uh, um, Daryl. So yeah. Why did you not pick Safar? I mean, Safar should have been on this top five. I apologize. Yeah, for I need sure. To, I need to make some revisions here. Number three needs to go to. I mean, obviously this the stainless uh the sterling silver cross. Because I need to make some modifications here. My number one is is Paul Walker because Paul Walker and CGI Paul Walker. I think that that makes sense for all the reasons before. But yeah, yeah, just take Safar, put him at the top, yeah, and then bump everybody else down. Right, exactly. Yeah, Safar goes number one all day. Yeah, (laughs) all day, bro. I was so sure. I was sure we were gonna hit it on the same time. I like when we line up. Now I'm disappointed. Guess you gotta go in through you. them all one more time. Yeah. Really gotta get into Speaking sync. of which, let's recap these. Alright, so my top five for Furious 7 are number five, Kurt Russell as Mr. Nobody. Number four, Natalie Emmanuel as Ramsey. Number three, Mike Wassell, Kevin McQuain, uh, and Cody Walker as Brian O'Connor. Number two, Michelle Rodriguez as Letty Ortiz. And number one, Ali Fazal as Safar. Nice. Oh, I am, am I reading yours? Yeah, I hit my top five. Okay, here. so Daryl's top five. Do I start with five or number one? Five. Five, Tej, Ludacris, Bridges. Four, Letty, Michelle Rodriguez. Three, Dom, Ben Diesel. I'm doing this wrong. You missed one. You should just read your own. All notes. right, number five, Chris Bridges. <laughs> number four, Natalie Emmanuel Ramsey. Number three, mm-hmm. Sterling Silver Cross. Number, number two, Dom, Vin Diesel, number one, Paul Walker, CGI Paul Walker. All right. All right. It's a list. It's a list. It's a list. Do you want to do some shout-outs? Shoot-its. Shoot-its. We have a little segment on this podcast we like to call. Shout-outs. These movies have a lot of product placement in them. We like to just in the kindred spirit of that, have some product placement for ourselves. These are not paid advertisements, unfortunately. Um, so, do you want to start? Do you want me to start? I'll hit it. Shout out this week goes to Mount Snow Ski Resort. Mm. We were, so Jess and I go skiing. We've been skiing together for a few seasons here, and we were very skeptical going into this year. Because of coronavirus, are we going to be able to handle it? Are people going to be responsible? Are the resorts going to be able to do what they need to do to keep people safe? The answer is yes. And Mount Snow was a pleasure this weekend. We had, I think part of this uh, shout-out also goes to the fact that we had incredible weather. 
snow before, snow during, and we had the most luscious three days of sweet, sweet powder. Yeah. And some of the best conditions, probably the best we've seen in the past few years here. But th- none of that can be enjoyed unless you like have pretty good protocols around your coronavirus. And I think Mount Snow did an excellent job. So, um, yeah, shout out goes to them. And also just generally the ski and snow sports. I think it's something that we look forward to in the wintertime. It's more of like a, um, like a mental health activity at this point because yeah. it's very easy to uh, just like lose track of like fun stuff during the wintertime. And yeah. we look forward to this. We had a wonderful trip and can't say enough about that sweet, sweet pal. So shout out to Mount Snow. All right. I've been to Mount Snow many times in my life. Uh, I grew up in Western Massachusetts, and it's just a hop skip north. I remember enjoying it very much. You know, pleasant experience. I'm glad they're handling the coronavirus situation responsibly. I do think skiing is like the ideal physical activity for the corona era. Because you're like separated from people. You already are sort of wearing masks and helmets and goggles and covering your orifices and things like that. Mm. Um, and I'm glad you had a good experience. Did you eat poutine while you were up in Vermont? Concessions closed. Concessions closed. Oh, but we ordered. That's reasonable. Yeah. We ordered a ton of delicious food that we brought up with us. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's one of those things like. Even on a normal ski season, it's it seems almost like a stretch to justify like the pain in the ass that it takes to plan and go on a ski trip. And this year in particular, with all the coronavirus, it's just like, is this going to be worth it? And surprisingly, yes. Like, yeah. it is worth going out there and... Very low risk. For anybody who's out there that is contemplating getting a, getting a session in, it's very low risk. It also it also hits in terms of like just being outside and it, I felt like in touch with nature although like the the terms of which or the terms that it took me to get up there with the driving equipment and all the lifts and everything is like kind of ridiculous but once you're actually out there I felt in touch it was very nice super solid man um I did not go skiing last week. It's a little hot here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did go by a vehicle. About another vehicle. Oh, what are really? you doing with two cars, Nick? About a little vehicle. This is a car-centric podcast, and I <laughs> bought a car. We like to talk about that. You can hear the clanging of my keys. Clang, clang. I bought a 2004 Audi V6 or A6 Quattro, which is a V6 three liter engine. Oh, my bad. Yeah, this car moves, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also want to, like, more specifically, I mean, it's a good car, it's fast, it's comfortable, it's smooth, it's quiet. All things I was missing in my previous car, (laughs) which you still own, but I which I still own. I own a classic car and I'm working on fixing it up. Um, but one thing I do want to give a specific shout out to for real, whoever fuck invented air conditioning (laughs) cars is like genius. Oh my God. It's, I mean, my, my day to day experience of life is improved so much. Because I'm not like, because I got to drive a lot during the day, right? I have like four or five sets I'm managing and like trying to get together and prep and stuff. So I got to like go see those sets, go to the construction office, go to the stages. I'm driving all over town. East Tamaki and Otara and like all, all kinds of different places. Like, I would, I mean, I dreaded it. For like months and months and months, because like getting in that fucking triumph and starting it up and like blasting hot air at myself in basically 95 degree weather. <laughs> it's so, br- I mean, I would just like get out of the car and be soaked in sweat. 
It was, it was awful. And now I'm like, oh, this is a pledge, actually. You can get my car, listen to a little podcast, you know, maybe some Dua Lipa. Ooh, no Who bad. knows what's going on in the old, the A6, do, you know? Do they have a Bluetooth connection in the uh, 2004 model? I do not have a Bluetooth connection. Do you have but a that's tape okay. player? I got a tape player. Do you have a and tape I got a tape. Cord? Yeah, there you go. Nice. I got a tape thing. Nice. Which, like, the qual is not bad it's on, not bad at all. to be honest yeah. with you. And I'll also be honest with you, sometimes I don't bother with that, and I... Hit it off the I'm phone? I'm sort of like, I do the one AirPod. I do the one AirPod thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like, a, I feel like a douchebag, but the quality is good. I got it right in my ear and get the right temperature slash volume. <laughs> my version of that is the car that I learned how to drive and drove for a couple of years when I was 16, 15, 16. Mm-hmm was a Saab 900S, and yes, it was at so the time, cool. like, almost 25 years old. So none of none of the things work. Air conditioning, absolutely not. Um, stereo, kind of, sort of, sometimes the radio. So what I did was take uh, my parents', like, Bose speaker of circa, like, 15 years ago, hook it up to my, uh, I think it was, yeah, AUX cable to my iPod, and stick it in the backseat and blast the shit out of it all the time. Yeah. So good. So good. My friends are like, like, what is this janky contraption that you have set up? I'm like, don't worry about it. If it's stupid and it works, exactly. it ain't stupid. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I'm loving the car. I'll let you know if anything goes wrong with it. Because it is secondhand, obviously. It's got a bunch of Ks on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh... But it still runs good, and, you know, I got no complaints right now, basically. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Is it, um, is it automatic? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, which is actually way better for my neck and back, too. Mm. I know this is, like, the oldest <laughs> fucking thing to say in the universe, but just, That's like, real, wrenching though. that, yeah, wrenching that stick shift in the Triumph for months on end is, like, just like pop, pop, pop. You know, I'm just like popping my shoulder and back all over the place, and my neck was hurting. And anyway, that's me. Well, Jess, my shout out is boring, also ski related, but has other applications. Hand warmers, very, mm. very crucial to any mm-hmm. outdoor cold activity. So. Most of my gear over the past few years I've replaced and, and like, bought new because I was working off of stuff that was, like, either super, super, super old or even just, like, inherited from my parents, which, you know, thank you to my parents, but at a certain point, the things, like, you have to replace them because they just start to deteriorate. My gloves are probably Mm -hmm. 25 years old. They're my mom's. They, if I look at them closely, I'm starting to see that they're, like, getting tiny, tiny holes in them, so I should probably replace them soon, but I was like, oh, they're Gore-Tex, like, why are my hands so cold, like... Then I realized, for those of you who smoke weed out there and don't know this, low blood low blood pressure is a thing. So if you go out into the cold, maybe don't smoke the weed beforehand because that's why your like right. glandes will get really really cold. I learned that one, but life lessons. Yep. <laughs> life lessons, yeah, exactly. Um, but I was like, oh man, I gotta get new gloves. Like fuck, you know, I don't want to keep buying this new shit all the time. And Daryl had some hand warmers. I had used a couple that I think had expired and they didn't quite work, but getting a couple that would work, like, I don't need to buy anything new. Just shove a couple hand warmers in my boots and in my hands and, or my gloves and I'm ready to go. And they last for like four or five hours. Yeah. These are chemical ones. Yeah. Packed, like a sachet, as you would call it here. Exactly. Uh... Oxygen activated, I think, or air activated. You like, you like, crack them and like rub them, and they're. You don't have to do anything, actually. It's it says on the packaging. I think these are from a few years ago. Like, you don't need to shake these anymore. Like, just open the bag. Because I would be sitting there doing this, and Daryl was like, "No, you don't have to do that anymore." That's what I remember about them. You'd have to like rub them. Yeah, exactly. Activated, but no, that's good. And you stick them in the gloves, and they keep your hands toasty. Yeah. So if you have to go. Outside, anywhere, for a long period of time, in sub-zero temperatures, get some hand warmers. It will change that your life. That's amazing. You don't have to that buy fancy amazing. tech. You don't have to go and spend bajillions of dollars on semi-waterproof, non-waterproof, whatever the stuff is that they're making these days. But 
you can literally just use some chemistry and a sack. Yeah. Great. Incredible. <laughs> um, well, shout out to hand warmers. Uh, shout out to skiing. I love you guys both. Look at you. You're so beautiful. Look at you. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm such a pleasure to have you on this podcast, Jess. Aww. I can't even, I can't even tell it's you. It's good to it's see like, you. It warms my heart every time you come on. Aw. When know? are you coming back to the United States? Uh, one of our good friends, friend of the show, Maxwell Ziskin, has a wedding in August. Yeah. True. I'm really trying to hit it for them. Nice. There's complicated government visa shit involved in doing that, but I'm trying to make it happen. Nice. So. Yeah. Good. Crossing, crossing our fingers for you. Yeah. We'll suit up. We'll all look nice. And uh, yeah. we'll see you at a suit wedding. Suit up, mask up, do whatever we got to do. Hells I also yeah. think it, I will probably, if I come back to the United States in August, I'll probably have a better chance of getting vaccinated there than I would here. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. I'm couple of reasons. One, New Zealand itself is very low on the vaccination shipment priority list mm-hmm. where they're going to start pretty soon, I believe, but they haven't started yet. And they're still working on securing two shots for everybody. You know, like there's just logistical things out there about the vaccines. Got it. I, I mean, I'm not saying like, like we should be low on the list. We're cruising here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our lives are very normal. Uh, we go out we don't wear a mask i went out to indian restaurant last night like it's just no problem so there's that and then two like i am low on that list of people priority wise that would get it right Mm -hmm. away you know i'm not old i don't have like a comorbidity i don't work in an emergency or like a central service i don't there's none of that so you know Makes sense. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. And by I'm thinking by the time I come back, maybe there'll be like a anybody who wants to sign up kind of situation. I think so. We're pretty close but to that now. Yeah, they. Yeah. I think the fifteenth of February. Um, anybody with any, I don't know if it's any pre-existing condition, but maybe lung related. I would have to look it up. This yeah. is information I'm getting through a friend, but um, pre-existing conditions of all ages, Feb fifteen plus. Get them, but yeah, get if you have an opportunity out there, listeners, get the shot. Do it, Fact or shots so. multiple, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. If it's the Pfizer one, I think is Moderna two or yeah. one. I think they're all. It's two. one. Are they not? Oh, they're all two. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know what I'm talking about. Don't listen to. Yeah, me. not well, neither do we. Neither, don't take none medical of us are advice. Medical people. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Do your own <laughs> research. Hopefully, with a .gov at the end of whatever website you're looking at. Yeah, listen to the scientists. Yeah, science you know, is cool. We gotta trust somebody out there. I'm just choosing to put my trust in people who know a shitload more than me about this kind of thing. Right. Anyway, uh, if you will trust us <laughs> and want to talk to us about trust, I don't know. I always try to segue into the promotion shit, Daryl, uh-huh. and it's never very good, but... Um, Nolt Podcast on Twitter at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T, where uh, no one likes to tune a podcast on Instagram, where uh, no one likes to tune a podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever the fuck else. <laughs> Are there other ones? I don't know. Podkicker. Especially future or, sponsors. Please contact yeah. Yeah, get in touch. You want to sponsor the show? Get in touch. Uh, Patreon.com slash no one likes to do a Now, I do want to say our poll for the in-betweener is not up. It will be up today uh, by the time you're listening to this episode. If you want to vote, throw us a buck. We're going to finish the Riddick series. <laughs> kind of think about killing this fucking Patreon situation. Because I feel bad. I don't want to take these people money and not give them something. You know what I mean? I can watch it. And it's I, like a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, I can watch right. a Riddick movie. Yeah. You want to do it next weekend? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You guys should both watch it because it's a good movie. Okay. Chronicles of Riddick. That'll so work. that'll be on Patreon in the next week or so. 
I don't know. We'll see what we do with it. But like uh, to the patrons who we have there, Daniel, Steph, like we you love you. you so much. Like I can't even tell you how much we appreciate your support and like everything you've done for us. Anybody who's ever thrown us a buck, like we just really appreciate it. It helps us like an immense amount. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's uh, that's it from me. Do we know what's on the poll for our in-betweener? Mm, I always think of them during the cycles and then forget the things to put on the poll. I want to put Point Break on there because Fast and the Furious 1 is basically a remake of Point Break. Didn't we already watch that? No, we didn't watch Point Break. I definitely watched that movie. And I can't believe I would watch that without it being related to this podcast. I think you might have, bro. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you may have to watch it again. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what's out there. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. All right, brother man. Till next week. Bye. Peace. Bye, Jess. Thanks for coming. No problem.